Hey, architecture firm owners and emerging leaders, get ready for unparalleled insight into the development of a world-class architecture firm and a worldwide organization driving the digital transformation of the design and construction industry with Build Smart, the podcast that's changing how our profession operates. We share the incredible stories behind innovation in the building industry with my friend and co-host, Patrick McLaney, FAIA, former CEO of the international architecture firm, HOK. You know, Yamasaki's office or firm lasted during his lifetime. And when he passed away, I think that was the end of the Yamasaki office. Helmut did not want that. He wanted a firm that would live out and grow beyond the founders. In season one, discover the untold stories behind HOK's meteoric rise, from 150 employees in St. Louis to a powerhouse with over 1,900 staff members and 27 offices worldwide. You know, they weren't as polite as the Kojima people. That was just boom. And anytime you have a creditor, whether it's Kojima or the bank, that wants their money, unless you can raise money someplace else, you are out of business. Bankrupt bankrupt. And hold on tight for season two, where Patrick takes us on a new adventure as chairman of Building Smart International, shaping the future of digital transformation in the design, construction, and operation of built assets. Ian Howell, Ken Harold, and I, Ken was my technical representative from HOK. The three of us took a tour of Europe of five cities in five days. Very busy time. Simply follow the link in the show notes to subscribe to Build Smart Now and uncover lessons that will transform you and your architecture firm. This episode of Entree Architect Podcast is supported by our generous sponsors, BetterHelp and Arcat.com. My name is Mark Arlapage, and you are listening to Entree Architect Podcast, where each week I speak with inspiring, passionate people who share their knowledge and expertise all to help you build a better business as a small firm entrepreneur architect. Lauren Genest and Carrie Baylog, welcome to Entree Architect Podcast. Thank you so much for having us, Mark. We're so happy to be here. Oh, it's great to have you both here. Um, Brand Groupies is your company, PR company, and you and, and I have been uh, communicating and talking and helping and supporting one another for a very long time. This is a long time coming. You should have been on the show a long time ago, <laughs> um, but I'm glad you're here. I'm, I'm really excited to have you both here. So are we. Thank you, Mark. I think it's fair to say we're some of your biggest groupies. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Very cool. All right. Let me introduce you for anybody who may not know who you are. Carrie Baylog is the founder and CEO of Brand Groupies, a full-service PR and personal branding agency that partners with B2B service companies and C-suite leaders like us. Brand Groupies brings a 360-degree approach to every strategy driving long-term growth and increasing brand awareness for legacy organizations, just like our friends over at Mancini Duffy. If you've seen anything that Mancini Duffy has been doing online, Brand Groupies is the power behind Mancini Duffy. And so they're doing a great job. And Lauren, Lauren Genest is the partner and president of Brand Groupies. 
equal parts creative and strategic. Lauren is a corporate communications and public relations expert who helps executives shape their personal personas and lots, lots more. I'm not going to share your entire stories because I want you to do that. I'd love to start with Carrie, share your origin story, sort of go back as far as you want to go back wow. <laughs> and share your story to how you got inspired to do what you do. When did you discover your passion for what you do? And then lead us up to this and then we'll bring Lauren into it as well. Well, it's so funny when you said go way back, I started to really go way back. And, you know, my father was an artist and would subscribe to Architectural Digest. So we always had the magazines in the house. And funny enough, I wanted to be an architect when I grew up, but I ended up, you know, going into public relations and ended up in the fashion industry. So worked between New York City and Milan for fashion designers and brands such as Gucci and Hublot and really had incredible training in such a cutthroat uh, industry that it really helped to you know, level up my skill set and pay attention to detail. Did that for a number of years and always was, actually, if we go way back, I was a cheerleader and dancer at my university, University of Maryland. So I was always like behind the scenes, cheering clients on as a fashion publicist. You know, you're always promoting the designer behind the brand. And so it was really something I was so passionate about. You know, I would kind of see the potential of brands and people and just want to get it out there and communicate it. I, you know, was a PR major, so it was only, it was only natural. And then I was living in the city and had kids. And then I decided to try to be an entrepreneur and opened up a kids rock and roll themed play space in Williamsburg. That's cool. Brooklyn. So I had that experience, then moved to Jersey and I said, I'm going to consult, you know, brand groupies. We're going to help everyone in mixing, you know, the corporate experience with my entrepreneurial experience. And then it was 2017, Christian Giordano is a friend and he said, hey, I just bought Mancini Duffy. Well, a few years before that, I'd love for you to come on board. And I said, oh, I, you know, I love design. It's a passion. I thought it was an interesting opportunity and jumped in and quickly realized that you know, the design and architecture industry was different. I thought it would be just like the fashion industry and that there was a lot of opportunity for growth. And after that, I was sold and, and just been loving it you know, ever since. What was the inspiration at the very beginning? You said you were interested in architecture and design, but you pursued PR. So what was the inspiration to move in that direction? I know. I don't know if I had the best guidance because I, I just thought, oh, if you're not good at math, you can't be an architect, but I would be designed. So many guidance counselors have ruined the paths <laughs> of architects. Know, I know. And so I, I literally would have drawings. I would draw in the 80s. I would just, I have houses and homes and, you know, floor plans. I would just always be drawing those. And then I think in college, my first year in college, I wasn't sure what I wanted to do, but I had a friend who was a year above me doing PR and I looked at the course load and every single class I had taken freshman year, you know, was a prerequisite. So it just was like, oh, I never heard of PR. And then it just was something I jumped into and I love to communicate and I love, you know, all of that. And I'm a people person, so it made sense. So friends with Christian Giordano over at Mancini Duffy, president of Mancini Duffy, you worked with them from the beginning when he came on. Were you working for Mancini Duffy as an employee or were you a consultant right from the beginning? 
actually a consultant. So I came on and at that time, Brand Groupies was, we were doing websites. So we did the Mancini Duffy website and came on board for social. So we really started with social and didn't start PR with them until Lauren came on board in 2020. All right. Well, that's a great introduction to Lauren. <laughs> expert, expert. Gary. Very good. So Lauren, what's your story? Go back as far as you want to go back. You know, some architects go all the way back to birth. So I know. You know what? I was born into this in some really crazy way. So many people within my family are in the built world. My grandfather owned a company called Evans Asphalt. My parents worked there in their young 20s. My dad worked for the state of Pennsylvania in Rhodes you know, on the construction side. And then my mom was an interior designer. She still is my whole life. And my dad used to joke that he would never come home in the dark and sit down because she was constantly moving furniture or selling furniture <laughs> for like a better couch. You know, she'd say, oh, you can, yeah, sure, you can buy our couch and I'll, I have my eye on this one. So it was just naturally, I think, kind of within my environment. There were always wallpaper books and, you know, fabric swatches. And so I actually met Carrie through her sister. We went to the University of Delaware together. I had thought I'd be an education major. And when I got my 8 a.m. course load the summer before heading off to school, I quickly opened up the book of options for different majors. And I said, I'm not, I'm not doing 8 a.m. classes every morning. And <laughs> I'm going to be a communications major. And thank God I made that shift. You know, So I think there was always this natural desire to educate you know, going way back to when I was younger and then the communication major, I didn't really know what track I would go in that, but I knew that I wanted to have flexibility when I graduated. And I love the idea of being able to go into any industry. And after I met Carrie's sister, we used to go up and visit her during New York Fashion Week. And I always loved fashion magazines. I remember waiting for the new magazines to drop and I would just sit and devour the content and the covers and the photographers. And I ended up following in Carrie's footsteps. She was a few years ahead of me. I grew up in Pennsylvania, so I had no idea that the world of fashion PR existed. And I ended up doing that for about 20 years. And I was blessed to work with some of the most interesting and elevated brands in the industry like Hermes and Burberry and learning from their internal teams and helping them execute PR campaigns and events and really learning how to tell the story of a brand, how to protect a brand. And, you know, not all press is good press. And I did that for almost 20 years. And when I made the move from the city in, in Hoboken, New Jersey, down to the beach where Carrie lives, she was one of my first calls. And I said, you know, I think I'm looking to make a transition. And she said, you're hired. Let's start a PR division. Our clients definitely need PR. And you know, we had always kept in touch over the years. So that was, we actually signed our first PR client on March 1st, 2020. And the rest is history. Although 13 days later, as you can imagine, <laughs> when the world blew up, we were like, oh no, yeah. you know, are we going to stick? And it was, it was awesome because the built world never went away during COVID. As you know, it was essential right. worker clients and we grew during COVID. And that was really how we ended up here. <laughs> yeah. I love those stories. And I love how you both mesh, right? The, yeah. Your strengths that come together and that shows in the work that you do. I also love the background in fashion, right? Fashion brands are some of the most iconic brands in the world, in history, right? The, and you've worked for them. You helped them promote those brands. Hermes, Burberry, Calvin Klein, Gucci. Those are brands that everybody in the entire world know 
And I love that you can bring that experience to architecture, right? Architecture is an industry that is decades behind the rest of the world, (laughs) especially with marketing and branding. Mm -hmm. None of them were doing it. They're just starting to transition to doing that. Some of the larger firms are starting to understand that, bringing teams in that have marketing teams that understand that, brand groupies, you know, consulting with larger firms and medium, small size firms. That message is starting to get some traction, right? They're starting to understand that that's a critical piece to building a business and brand groupies is right there to do that. So I want to sort of understand how and what you do in terms of taking your experience with those iconic brands and bringing them to a brand like Mancini Duffy. How do you make that connection and get the architecture firms to actually be on board with the things that you want to do? Well, thank you for acknowledging that it is, you know, a little bit behind because we're realizing that. And it's funny, by taking this fashion lens to this industry, it just came naturally to us to identify the key faces behind the brand because we know people buy from people. So how do we tell that that story? And we kind of doing social media and PR simultaneously. And then it hit us like it is not clear, you know, is social part of PR, is PR part of social? And they just, right now, they, you know, definitely overlap. And so we coined the term so PR because, you know, Lauren will get our clients out there on podcasts, in the media, quoted on panels, keynote speaking. And then, you know, I oversee the social division and then we will take that and we will spread that out. We will create evergreen content. And it's just like a machine with that 360 degree approach, like every single detail, every single word, every single, you know, video clip has that message and we can control that and rotate it consistently. So the perception is huge. So the combination of social and PR, PR is a profession that's been around for centuries, right? That they've been promoting through PR, through public relations, making those connections, getting stories out through newspapers and television and you know, being on radio shows. And now with the dawn of the internet in the 90s, things start shifting, right? That social media and the internet become part of this industry that, you know, it's a totally new format, totally new media. And so bringing those two together make total sense, but they're not all doing it, right? There's still PR companies and social media companies and marketing companies, and they're all separate. And what you've done is you brought that PR and social media together which makes total sense. And you can see the process when you see the work that you do and how that works. What are some of the things that our audience are small firms, right? Lots of small business owners, sole practitioners, firms of 10 members or less. What are some of the things that they could be doing that you're doing with larger firms to help their firms sort of get out there in a way that's not just one, you know, social media post here, one over there, you know, maybe a press release for the PR, get that out there, right? And I'm going to do that. And none of that really works because there's no strategy. So what are some of the things that we should be paying attention to as small firm architects? I would say the first thing to get started with is to have a consistent message. 
So really align internally with your company on how you're going to speak about your company. Get that elevator pitch down and then share it with your whole company so that when they're going out and they're talking about who they work with and who they work for, you're all saying the same thing and almost to the point of being redundant because consistency is key. And that's really where this 360 approach comes in. It's not just about social and PR. It's about your website having consistent messaging. It's about, you know, the founder's, LinkedIn profiles having consistent messaging. And then when you're out and about, you know, in the real world, you're all talking about the firm and its services and its sectors in a really consistent way so that there's complete clarity about who you are, how you add value, and what you do. I'd say that's the first thing that's so, so simple. You know, I think it's it's harder than it sounds, but that's yeah. a really great, yeah. almost free place to start without having to invest much is really putting your heads together and figuring out how are we going to talk about this brand in a consistent way. So you need a brand story yes. that everybody understands and can internalize, right? It becomes part of who they are. Every partner in the firm understands what that story is. Every employee knows what that story is. So anytime anybody talks about the brand or talks about the company, they can share the same consistent story. You said that it's simple but not easy. That's exactly (laughs) right. So Because if it was easy, architects would all have their brand story figured out and it'd be ready to go. Yeah. When you first start working with a firm and that's the first step they need to take, What's the process that you go through to get that brand story written and be consistent? How do you get them to do that? Something we're very passionate about is something called the brand pillars. And we actually created them years ago, even for small businesses. And when I tell you this process can work for a solopreneur to a multi-million dollar firm. So we do a brand discovery session where we basically break it down to the brand pillars. The number one brand pillar is the face or faces of the brand. You know, one to three faces are better than 10, you know? So there's that consistency established you know, who's going to talk about what if one person maybe is a mom and is a female, there might be some press angles that they could talk to. If the CEO is into technology, they go out to the technology press. And so, you know, can really round out that. The second pillar is the services. So basically, if you offer 20 services, really try to narrow it down to your top two to three revenue streams. Again, you can't name drop all of them, but be very succinct. What sets you apart? You know, some of our clients have a pending technology aspect where that sets them apart, you know, and then location and target audience. So are you national? Are you local? Really go all in on your target market. And everyone wants to be a national firm, but you know, hey, if in your county, you should be, you know, it's like the smallest viable market, you know, really identify that market and go all in and be the best firm in that county, then the state, you know, and just go all in there. And then it's your fourth pillar is your wow factor, your wow factor. So what sets you apart? Are you a decades old company? Do you have a component that is a differentiator, you know, the people on your team, what do they bring? And really, you know, niche down and think about what sets you apart and 
you know, compared to other brands out there that you can talk about. So it's not so generalized, you know, we're an architecture design firm, you know, it's like, yes, that's the meat. And then, you you know, we take those brand pillars and then we create the elevator pitch and we pull out all the wow factors and really, you know, take time and come up with that elevator pitch using all the key pillars. Yeah. Simple, but not easy. That's why people hire brand groupies to help them do that. That's right. And those pillars get rotated through our SOPR approach. So Mm -hmm. then we're using the faces in PR. We're talking about the services. We're talking about we're going out to a certain location, wherever you are. And then Carrie takes those pillars and that's how she comes up with her content calendars, rotating the pillars. Let's take a quick break to say thank you to our sponsors for their support of this episode. Architects, listen up. Is something interfering with your happiness or preventing you from achieving your goals? Regardless if you have a clinical mental health issue like depression or anxiety, or if you're just a human who lives in this world and is going through a hard time, therapy can give you the tools to approach your life in a very different way. I know this community of small firm architects very well, and I see, I see many of you struggling. That's why I reached out to this episode's sponsor, BetterHelp. BetterHelp is a platform that makes finding a therapist easier because it's online, it's remote, and by filling out just a few questions, BetterHelp can match you with a professional therapist in as little as a few days. It's easy to sign up and get matched with a therapist. There's a link in the show notes. It's betterhelp.com slash architect. Just use that link, betterhelp.com slash architect. Clicking that link helps support this podcast, but it also gets you 10% off your first month of BetterHelp. So you can connect with a therapist and see if it helps you. If you need someone to talk to, consider online therapy with BetterHelp. Click the link in the show notes or visit betterhelp.com slash architect. That's betterhelp.com slash architect. Thank you to BetterHelp for supporting this podcast and for supporting our community of small firm architects. For over 30 years, RCAT has been providing AEC professionals with high quality and up-to-date building product information. Today, RCAT.com is much more than a product catalog with BIM, CAD, and specifications created in collaboration with manufacturers. Beyond that, RCAT.com also offers lead data, continuing education resources, newsletters featuring the latest projects and products, and don't forget, detailed podcasts. RCAT.com is truly the one-stop shop for everything architecture. Try it out. Go to RCAT.com. That's A-R-C-A-T dot com. What I heard you say, Carrie, is through every one of those pillars is to focus, mm-hmm. niche down, right? Yes. Get to the meat of it, right? Get to the heart of it. What's the most important thing? With the faces, you may have five faces. Yes. Which are the two or three that you're going to focus on? Those are going to be the people that you focus on with your social media and PR, right? With Mancini Duffy, clearly Christian, right? Clearly Bolanle. She's out there mm-hmm. talking, right? Those faces are the faces that you've selected through that process, obviously. Yeah. Services. What are the services that the firm does? Again, niche down. This is something that we talk about on the podcast all the time. Mm-hmm. What is your target market? What is the thing that you do? But right? you can't 
do everything. And you can do everything, but you can't promote everything because yeah. then there's no focus, right? It's just, you just become this diluted nothing. And then location and target audience, who are you talking to? Where are you talking to? And then, wow, what's your differentiation? What makes you different? Not 20 different things, one or two things, right? What's the thing that you are known for? So that's so important it's like a broken record on this podcast. You <laughs> need to focus. You need to pick a brand. You need to pick a target audience. Even if you want to do it all in order to build a brand and to be able to do social media and PR, it gets easier, right? So yeah, it does. Once you yes. nail those down, and you have to have at least two pillars that are unique because mm-hmm. you might be an architecture firm in New York City. So two pillars are going to be the same as everyone right. else. And then when people say, oh, I don't want to be the face, I don't want to be that, you know, that pillar is the differentiator because no one is like you. Mm-hmm. You're original. You're a differentiator from day one. Like you're different and no one's like you. So that we feel is just... Yeah. And I think when you look at the faces, then we get really nitty gritty about the faces and their wow factors too. Yeah. So you mentioned Bo Lanley. She's a CFO. She right. is a best-selling Amazon author. She's a mom. She, you know, founded a school in Nigeria. I could go on and on and on. We work the CEO from Mancini is also a literal rock star. He has multiple albums on Spotify. You know, we work wow. with a waterfront <laughs> architect who, you know, played D1 soccer and is a civil engineer and an architect who doesn't build buildings. And so, you know, being able to rattle off those just really quick, wow, okay, wait, I want to learn more just after those, you know, couple sentences. That's the hook. So once you get those pillars down and you write that story, right? So now you have it documented and everybody understands what it is, right? You distribute it through your firm and make sure everybody internalizes it. It's the thing that you talk to your clients about. It's the thing that when you're at the kids dance there and somebody asks what you do, that's the story that you share, right? So it's always the same thing. And then your social media is also pointing back to that. The PR that's being done is all pointing back to that. So it's consistent and all saying the same thing. So when you do start doing social media with this, right? So you've done this and you have your pillars, you've written your brand story, what's the next step? What is the next step once you have these pillars established and you've written that story? How do you build a strategy around that? Well, I think for social media, then you take that and create a strategy and decide, okay, what are the three to four things we're going to post on social? So, you know, for executives, one, could be sharing articles, two, create a podcast or write a blog. You know, it's like, where are you getting your content? That's why, of course, we love podcasts because it just gives us so much content and it's just timeless, you know, clips that we can use over and over again. And it just has such amazing assets. And then we decide how we're going to incorporate and share from the company brand as well, because we can cross post for that as well. And then, of course, projects are a big part of it too. You know, projects... For example, Mancini, we have projects, the design lab, the tool belt technology, the leadership. So there's all these buckets that we continuously, you know, rotate. And what does an example post look like of a podcast launch or a podcast clip? What does an example post look like of sharing an article or, you know, posting a quote? And it's also establishing the topics each person's going to talk to. So, you know, we really nail it down. They're going to talk about three to four things and that's it. (laughs) We're going to rotate it, things they're passionate about, and um, really stay on brand at all times. It's 
interesting that once you have those pillars, how easy it gets. Once you nail it. (laughs) Right. Because you have the faces figured out. You have the Mm -hmm. services figured out. You know who your audience is and your location. You have your differentiation. So now every piece of social media that you put out could be one of those, right? It could be something about a face. could be about something about the service, something about the company, something that's differentiation about the firm, Right. Architects are always like, well, what do I put on social media? I don't know. I'm just going to put a picture of the house I'm working on. Yeah, the culture Company culture is a big, is, is a big pillar of Mancini as well. and talent for talent acquisition. That's huge. And so it's if you do that early work, build your story around these four pillars, everything else gets easier. What about the platforms? Right. There's Facebook, there's LinkedIn, there's Twitter slash X. Um, all the different platforms that you could use in social, how do you choose where to post the content that you're creating? I think it's, you know, for us and our B2B clients, LinkedIn is number one. So we know the AEC industry is very strong on there. So it's really awesome. And that's our number one place because a lot of all the decision makers are there, partners are there. Instagram is big for talent acquisition. You know, so many people that come to our clients' firms say, oh, I love the company culture on Instagram, or I listen to the anti-architect. I feel a bond already with Christian, who I've never met, you know, and I wanted to work there. So, of course, we still post to other platforms, Facebook, Threads, TikTok, and we're, you know, we're purposing just to kind of see where things go. As you know, they're always changing. One could go up and one could go down. And the challenges, as you know, with social, it's evolved so much where, you know, the budgets aren't huge, but yet you have to have the high-end video and the amazing copywriting and the strategy and the posting and the community management, not only answering the outbound engagement as well, really picking who you're going to engage with, who are the top people and journalists and podcast hosts. So there's so much to it. It's a lot. It's a full-time job it for is. sure. Yeah. And we, we actually not only do social for firms, but we also do social for C-suite leaders. So we actually manage personal branding for many leaders within the industry. And that looks like, you know, PR for them personally. And then also we might manage their LinkedIn platform, their Instagram platform, because so many busy C-suite execs realize the value, I think, but they just don't have the time or the resources to do it themselves. And so for visibility purposes, we found that can really move the needle as well as sort of a separate service of ours. Yeah. There is so much change happening in terms of technology, which is affecting the way we do everything, right? Architects are being affected by that. Social media is being affected by that. PR is being affected by that. AI is going to shift everything, right? Everything's going to change by that. But everything is still human to human, right? You're still making connections people to people. And so the work that you're doing is going to continue to be critical and maybe even more important as technology starts to take over some of the other things Mm -hmm. that technology can do, the things that are automated, the things that don't need to be human to human will become automated. But that human to human connection is going to be the thing that ultimately could become a differentiator for some firms. Mm -hmm. What do you see as this evolves and technology starts to do some of the things that architects do and some things that PR and social media companies do? What does brand groupies look like three to five years from now? What do you see the future bringing to the work that you do? 
It's a good question. I yeah. mean, I think, I think, like you said earlier, I think when it comes to social and PR, we're still just scratching the surface in this industry. You know, where we came from in fashion, everybody had a PR and a social media firm. So they were either going to hire me or you, Mark, or Carrie. <laughs> it wasn't like, should we hire someone? It was like, we'll definitely hire someone. Yes. And I think, you know, the whole mission of Brand Groupies is really to be shaking things up and to yeah. help people understand the value of how these different services, why they should be introduced to the industry and how they can shake things up. So while I think technology will play a part, I still feel like we're so at the beginning of even having these words, these services incorporated into the larger industry. I think it's why we are naturally attracted to brands that are already doing things differently, right? So Mancini, you know, they hired software developers 10 years ago, way before anyone was thinking about making that a full-time job within an architecture firm. And so I think for us, the role of technology will certainly play, you know, play a part. I think what part that's still to be determined for us. And so I think we'll have to see. Yeah, I know. And coming from fashion, we were always two seasons ahead. So one of our pillars is staying on the cutting edge. You know, it's like we have to be on it, you know, when threads launch, we're still seeing the, you know, return on investment for that. But, sure. you know, we had all our clients up that day, you know, we, we're just two steps ahead. And I think that's how we'll always, always run the firm. Yeah. For architects, you know, there are a lot of architects who are really frightened by technology and AI. And they sort of see that, oh, this potentially could take over what we do. But it's just a tool, right? It's just a, it's, it's a just tool. going to make our jobs easier. It's going to right. do the things that we don't really need to do will become automated or supplemented. And it will focus on the things that we really are great at. The technology can't replace and social media and PR that's humans, right? That's people that's human to human, which will make your work even more important, right? So this podcast episode is going to become critical as the future continues because the stories of the people are going to become more and more important. And the mm -hmm. faces that you say in your first pillar are going to become more and more important because the people that you work with is going to be the differentiator, right? If everybody has the same technology and all can do the same thing, it comes down to the creativity and the personalities of the people that are running these companies. Yes. Exactly. We couldn't agree with you more. It was a no I feel like it was a novel idea when we introduced <laughs> it six, seven years ago. We started with Mancini and we say it every day, lead and run with your people. Yeah, absolutely. So like I mentioned, we're talking to thousands of small firm architects, business owners. I always like to end our podcasts with a takeaway that they can execute today, right? So what's one thing that a small firm architect can do today? As soon as they finish listening to this, they want to go and do it. That's going to build a better business for tomorrow. Yeah, we might agree on the same thing. Yeah, no, I was <laughs> yeah it I could be it, one that you both say. Post on LinkedIn. <laughs> Just, you know, think about two to three things that you are excited about, you're passionate about, you do at your firm. And even if it's just what you're reading, just share an article, give a one-liner what you think about it. And even just start once a week, once a week, maybe go up to two because, you know, they say 1% of people on LinkedIn are posting. Everyone else is just reading. So once you start, you're going to get eyes and it's not too late. You could just start, find an article, post it today, tag the outlet and the, you know, the writer and just say, I found this interesting and stick to, you know, some of the key things that you do. Tuesday, so. Wednesday, Thursday, is that the secret? Tuesday, what Wednesday, Thursday morning? Oh yeah, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, early morning, great time to post on LinkedIn. 
All right. From a PR lens, I would say, we love LinkedIn. So yes, I totally agree with Gary. (laughs) But from a PR lens, I would say, you know, a lot of podcast hosts are small business owners too. And if there's a podcast that you love, you know, shoot the host a note and ask if they'd be open to having you guest on the podcast and explain why and give them that elevator pitch and what makes you different and what you admire about that podcast, why you tune in or why you've been tuning in for six or seven years and take a shot, put yourself out there, have someone in your firm do it for you if you're one of the leaders and then use that content on social. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that's great advice. Many of our most popular episodes have come through brand groupies. So that's oh, an excellent yeah, suggestion. Thank you. <laughs> uh, thank you. Lauren Genest and Kerry Balog, they are brand groupies. You should go check out their website at brandgroupies.com. If you have any questions, they will answer them. If you have any need for the services that they do, PR, social media, all of the things around it, all 360, they do it all. So go check them out brandgroupies.com. Just go click brandgroupies.com and just tell them, say hi. Just say, hey, you. I just heard you on Entree Architect podcast and I just wanted to say hi. Thank you for coming by here today. They're on LinkedIn. They're on all the socials. Go connect with them. Lauren Genest, Carrie Baylog. We'll have all of that stuff on the show notes. Thank you for doing what you do. We need the things that you do. Architects are desperately lacking the work that you do. And so by doing the work that you do, it's actually showing other architects how to do it too, right? And so I appreciate you for doing that, for dedicating yourself to this industry and helping us learn how to do social media, how to do PR the right way. So thank you for doing that. And thank you for coming by here and joining the audience at Entree Architect Podcast. Thanks so much, Mark. Thanks, Mark. So grateful for you. <laughs> Such Thanks a, a pleasure. Lot. Thank you. It was fun. If you liked this episode of Entree Architect Podcast, please share a link with a friend. That is the best way to help us grow. And that's how we have grown to serve thousands of architects just like you. Share a rating, write a review, but most important, share a link to this episode that you just listened to. Go send it off to a friend. I'd really appreciate it. Thank you to all our sponsors for this episode. Links to the sponsors and all the resources that we discussed today in today's episode. They're all found at entrearchitect.com slash podcast. Entree Architect is a member of the Gable Media Podcast Network, the next evolution of interactive media and resources for the AEC community and beyond. You can now earn continuing education credits for listening to this podcast, Entree Architect Podcast. Select episodes are available for continuing education credit. Go learn more at gablemedia.com slash members. And if you are a small firm architect, listen up, architects. Join us today at Entree Architect Network, the worldwide organization for small firm entrepreneur architects. That's you with monthly business training, business resources, special session webinars, mastermind groups, and a thriving community of small firm architects. Your peers are there. Hundreds of them are there already. We will provide you with the support and the encouragement that you need to succeed. Hey, and this is super exciting. This is new, coming in 2024, Entree Architect Coaches. Yes, finally, after all these years, business coaching for small firm architects. It's coming to Entree Architect Network in early 2024. Join us. Try Entree Architect Network for free for 30 days. It's free for 30 days. Visit network.entrearchitect.com to learn more. That's network.entrearchitect.com.
entrearchitect.com to learn more. Try it. Come join us. Try it for 30 days. Thank you for listening to this episode of Entree Architect Podcast. My name is Mark R. LePage. Love, learn, and share what you know. I've mentioned it to my family, but in terms of telling people like, oh yeah, we're doing this, I'm looking for projects. You got anything? Yeah. I'm, I'm not there yet because it scares the out of me. Dreaming of launching your own architecture firm? Well, we'll buckle up for a wild ride with Emerging, the podcast that shares what it's really like to start an architecture firm. Where do we begin? We don't even know what type of business to formalize as. Is it an LLC? Is it an LLP? Like how are taxes? I mean, the list is astronomical. Season one featured founders Jeffrey, Lexi, and Chris, owners of Level Studio Architecture, are your fearless guides on this unfiltered journey from napkin sketches to a thriving studio. One evening, stumbled into one last dive, we sat at the bar and pondered our postgraduate futures. Amidst the conversation, a napkin became the canvas for our aspirations, sketching plans and milestones, sealing our heartfelt commitment and shared dreams. In drawing down dreams on a napkin collectively, that (laughs) then, you know, in your head, you've rooted like, oh, I'm connected to these people, like long term. The process of starting an architecture practice brims with excitement and challenges, demanding meticulous planning, flawless execution, and unyielding resilience. I kind of hate the term because it's so overly used, but I think everybody knows imposter syndrome. And I think it's it's so real to this day. I, I, I don't know if it's with everybody, but with me, I'm always questioning like us, can we do this? Are we ready to do this? Are we prepared? Can we do it? Did we just decide a name? <laughs> we did it, guys. Oh my One that God. came out of nowhere. Woo! It came out of nowhere. I liked it. I saw it. Ready to turn your aspirations into reality? Follow the link in the show notes to subscribe to Emerging and chart your own path to architectural success. Calling all small firm architects. It's time to tap into your full potential with Entree Architects Context and Clarity, where inspiration meets innovation. Hey, it's Mark Arlapage, founder of Entree Architect, and I'm inviting you to join my two favorite co-hosts, Jeff Eccles and Katie Kangas, as they bring together authors, experts, and thought leaders for electric conversations with entrepreneur architects around the globe. It's not just a podcast, it's a community where dreams meet action. There's a simple equation there. And what for me, what that did, just doing that basic calculation was, it allowed me to compare what I had actually saved in my retirement accounts to what I thought a possible projected annual spend might be. Artists are temperamental, so beautiful design is gonna be a priority. When the job is done, we're gonna actually need to live in the house, not live with the person who designed it. <laughs> and so for me, the, the artistic skill, the architectural skill is most important. And so I would say like, that would be 60% of it, if not more. Gain insights to build a successful practice. Subscribe, engage, and let's redefine your future together. Join the Context and Clarity community, where every conversation adds to your blueprint for success.